0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. We're in the Gospel of John chapter 20, and we've been looking at the magnitude and the meaning of the love that we find there Uh, in the heart of Jesus upon his resurrection. Jesus is in 19 through 22 of that chapter. Having been resurrected, came to the apostles there in the upper room, bringing to them peace, his love, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as I said, we've been discussing that magnitude of love and what that really means to us. Jesus, loving us beyond words, died upon the cross while we were yet sinners. Yet C.S. Lewis, understanding the situation before him, was once quoted as saying, On the whole, God's love for us is a much safer, safer subject to think about than our love for him. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 gives us a verse that is often cited as a textual example of Christ's love for us, but in reality, it's a question as to just how much our love is for him. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Could oppression or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? You see, these are all earthly issues that can actually prompt us to throw in the towel in this whole Christian thing. So then the question is given, what would it take? What would it take to make us stop loving Jesus? Because this list can be deeply engaging, deeply debilitating. Maybe our list is more personal. Maybe it's even more extensive than the one given here. I mean, what more could you add to this list? Pride, maybe? Mm, Correction by a brother? Jealousy? Bitterness? In fact, maybe the question is better poised, what would it take to get us to love Jesus in the first place? It is often said that man doesn't have to do anything but pay taxes and die. The reality is that if we want to function in any real way in society, we got to do a little more than that. We have to work a job and pay our bills and buy and eat food and, and, you know, drive at a legitimate speed and get along with others in a reasonable fashion, all of that as well as paying our taxes and die. No, no one says we have to love these things, but we are still compelled to do them, aren't we? But what is compelling us to do them then? Well, perhaps the desire for comfort Maybe the security over pain and maybe just trying to avoid jail and hunger and social ostracizing. In other words, I'm often simply motivated by the care and the positional standing of the almighty me. Certainly this cultural mandate has carried over into various areas of our lives, very much into our marriages I mean, we we say we love our spouses, but our interaction with them is often motivated by that almighty me once again. How often we tend to interact with him or her in certain ways because we just simply feel culturally bound or maybe we're constrained by religious mores? I mean, after all, we we wouldn't want them to leave us or divorce us, right? And you would be surprised... And how many men have told me that very thing as an excuse for not stepping up and doing the right thing by their wives or by God's instructions? So I'm asking you, are we truly compelled by our love in our interaction with them? Are we truly compelled by our love of God to do the right thing? Look, the, the next step in all this is an easy one. Because we just so often obey and serve and participate in Christ and the kingdom just simply out of self-preservation, out of cultural motivations. Now, we may lay down in green pastures, but we do it because we feel we have to, or, well, because all the other sheep are doing it, and we'd better follow along. You see, if we do indeed love Christ, let me ask you today, what makes us love him? because righteous love will elicit an honesty and a willingness to acknowledge the truth that that we reach a, read of in 1st John 4:19 it says we love him because he first loved us now that is not motivated by the principle of self-preservation but rather by an understanding that we need his love that we must have his love, that he's the only source of that love. Oh, he he does indeed love us. The whole of his life, death, and resurrection that we have been reading about for weeks exists like an ocean in the story we read, the story that we've covered here uh, in, in these devotions. Remember the woman from the account by the ocean? The only thing there is enough of? Perhaps therein lies the trouble for us because we don't really passionately, passionately love Jesus because, well, we've never really been absorbed by the fact that he actually loves us. We don't grasp what that means. A love that will never leave us, never forsake us. A love that will never run out? Those of us who really love Christ, we do so at least in part because he loved us and we truly understand that we need that love to survive. More on this next time we're together. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.